Welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God, which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Good morning. My name is Derek Starr Redwine. I'm the interim pastor here at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. Welcome to worship on this third Sunday in the season of Advent. Special welcome to any visitors who are here today with us. We are a bit different because you are here, and for that we give God thanks and praise. A few announcements to highlight as we continue our worship of God together. The first is that today is the last day to purchase a poinsettia for next week's worship service. You can fill out the form in your bulletin, tear it out, and place it in the offering plate on your way out, or you can use the link you'll find in your weekly email updates if you'd like to purchase a poinsettia in honor or memory of someone you love. Next Sunday, after the special lessons and carol service in the morning, volunteers are delivering some of these poinsettias to folks who are unable to come to church. If you'd like to volunteer to help with that delivery, please contact the church office or hang around after worship on the front steps. Thank you for your willingness to reach out to those who cannot be here with us today. There are also many other opportunities to grow in faith and to serve our world even during the pandemic. Please read through your bulletin to find one way you can participate in what God is doing in and through the ministries and missions of this church. And now let us together continue our worship of God with the lighting of the third Advent candle, the candle of joy. Watch and wait for Christ's coming. Light candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God. We lit the first candle in hope. We lit the second candle for peace. And we light the third candle longing for joy. Rejoice, for our Lord is coming into our present wilderness to lead us home as we hear in Isaiah, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. Holy God of joy, we rejoice in the reality of who you are. We live within the joy of your love for us. Our contentment comes and goes. Our happiness ebbs and flows. Our feelings depend upon our circumstances, but our joy is deeply rooted in our identity as your beloved children and we give you thanks for this truth as we wait and watch for Christ to come. Please join with me in listening to our first hymn, O Come, Divine Messiah. Once again, welcome to the live broadcast of a service for the worship of God which is coming to you from the sanctuary of Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church at 1627 Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. 
This is the 97th year of radio ministry at Grace Covenant. Today's date is December 13th, 2020, and today's broadcast is number 4,969. This morning's sermon, entitled Reordering, will be delivered by Rev. Derek Starr Redline, our interim pastor. Assisting in the service today are Christopher Martin, our director of music and organist, Dana McKnight, our liturgist, Audrey Christensen, soprano soloist, and joining Audrey as our choristers this morning are Stephanie Ald and Aaron and Dan Cook. Our opening hymn is O Come Divine Messiah, which is printed in the bulletin. Every notion we like to carry around with us, every notion about power and success and achievement, God takes from us and tosses out the window. Most importantly, though, God comes to us despite our notion that we have to think we have to save ourselves. And Jesus, God comes to us, removing our sin, our failures, our expectations, so we might have a new life a life lived in God's presence, love, and power. We think one thing, God reminds us time and time again of another. My love for you is a gift freely given. Confident that God comes to us even in our brokenness and confusion and doubt, please join me in the prayer of confession you'll find printed in your worship bulletin 
and in the time of silent confession that follows. Let us pray. We confess we are not the people you hope us to be, Advent God. The very ones you favor, we too often ignore or ridicule. The ones you remove from their pedestals, we admire and emulate. We are so focused on having more that we risk being sent away empty. Forgive us, God of mercy, and look with grace upon us that we live secure in your love, that would be ambassadors of your peace, that we would seek to do your will as Jesus did, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Even now, in this very moment, God comes to us, bringing hope, forgiveness, and grace as freely offered gifts to us. May we open our hearts to the God who is with us and receive the gifts which have been given. May we know the power of God's forgiveness and be at peace. Please join me in the prayer for God to illumine our hearts and minds. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 through 4 and 8 through 11. Listen to God's word for us. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up 
the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them recompense. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
During the British rule of India, the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise we just heard, sung from Luke's gospel, this music, these words, was seen as so disruptive, it was not allowed to be sung in the church. In the 1980s, Guatemala's government came to believe Mary's words about God's love for the poor were too dangerous and revolutionary to be heard aloud. Those words were inspiring the Guatemalan people to believe, to actually believe that change was possible. So the government banned any public recitation of Mary's song of praise. In 1933, in the growing shadow of the Third Reich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer preached a sermon during the Advent season where he talked about the power of Mary's song, writing, The song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It is at once the most passionate, the the wildest, and the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy Mary whom we sometimes see in the paintings. The song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, or even playful tones of our Christmas carols. It is instead a hard, strong, hard, strong song about the power of God and the powerlessness of humankind. The Magnificat is the great New Testament song of liberation, personal and social, moral and economic. It's a revolutionary document of intense conflict and beautiful victory. And the liberation described in the Magnificat is achieved through a reordering of things, beginning, it seems, with the life of young Mary, a teenager at the bottom of the social ladder, a teenager, an unwed girl, is by God's grace chosen to be Theotokos, the mother of God. This upending of her life compels Mary to sing about this great reordering, a movement, a moment that she does not believe stops with her. Listen again to Mary's words. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the prouds, the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Mary is with child. God's child. And with the incarnate word dancing in her womb, Mary sees clearly what this child is going to do. He's going to reorder everything. God, I believe, is in the business of reordering things from what they are to what they can be. And this reordering is not like the straightening up of a pantry or the cleaning out of a closet. This reordering is on a cosmic scale. Because of the life and death and resurrection of a baby born in Bethlehem, life, not death, 
now has the last word. In this new order of things, the last turn out to be the first, and the meek, not the powerful, will inherit the earth. In this reordered reality, enemies deserve our love, and the poor and the outcast are favored in God's eyes. Mary sings, and our world is turned upside down, which might be why her song is sometimes hard to hear. One of the tasks of the season of Advent and its cousin Lent is an honest accounting of our lives. Advent is a time of preparation when we get our spiritual houses in order so we can welcome, fully welcome Christ into our lives. And if Mary's song is a plumb line by which our lives are measured and centered, let's be honest, we all, we all have some work to do. Jesus' birth not only initiates a reordering, according to Mary and to Jesus later on in his life, his birth demands a reordering. I think I've mentioned it before, but standpoint theory, it's one of my favorite social theories out there because it aligns, I believe, so well with the teachings and the life of Jesus. Standpoint theory teaches that those at the bottom of social hierarchies those who are often victims of marginalization or oppression, that they see a system more accurately, more clearly, than those at the top who benefit from the system's structures. Typically, we think that the person at the top of society, with the one with the benefits of all the education and time and resources needed to read and study and learn and think, we, we think that is the person who have, must, have, must have the clearest view of things, who understands the system best. Standpoint theory and the Song of Mary suggest otherwise. For it's the people on the underside, at the bottom of any social hierarchy, who see clearly truths about the system others are not able to see, which means these are the very people we need to listen to and hear from in our desire to make our world a more just and equitable place, a world that looks more like the kingdom of God. I think this means we have more to learn from the custodians of large corporations who clean up for rich and poor alike and from the blue-collar worker in the assembly line than we do from the CEO in her corner office or the scholar in her study. And that's because the viewpoint of those on the bottom is a viewpoint not all that different from the mother of Jesus. Mary's Magnificat is the passionate, wise speech of someone at the bottom. Not only is she a religious minority as a Jew, she's also poor and young and a woman. And yet, in her song, Mary declares that from where she stands, she clearly sees God at work in the world, overturning injustice, humbling the proud and powerful, freeing people, God's people from oppression and lifting the poor up and out of poverty. And her confidence in the song is, is inspiring if we listen to it. It's amazing how much she believes that God is and will do these things. But we shouldn't be all that surprised by her belief in God. Mary doesn't struggle like we often do to believe in God's great reordering because she's living it. 
God's story is her story. In his blog, Texas Faith, that only a Texan could entitle a blog to say, in his blog, Texas Faith, Bill McKenzie writes about what he thinks it means to be a hero in today's world. A real hero, he writes, is the one who never gives up on making meaning. Even in the face of ugliness and ambiguity, she wakes up and loves and makes the toasts and defriends her friends. She is open to being overtaken by the beauty of ordinary things. She suspects, if you ask her, that any well-orchestrated search for meaning will fail. She knows that meaning, rather, comes to us. It surrounds us. It enfolds us. It claims us. Our goal is not to perceive it not to find it, but a perception, for whatever reason, is harder than it should be. So the question that currently frames my search for meaning is this. How might I live more perceptively? And the best answer I have so far is to love this world more. I wonder if the invitation to us embedded in Mary's song of praise is simply to live more perceptively, to see things as she does from where she sits, to love this world a little bit more. And I think we do that, as Mary did, by learning to respond to disruption, not with anger or fear, but with curiosity and hope. I wonder if to believe in and participate in God's great reordering of things is simply to make a commitment to look for God's purposes in all the chaos and disorder that breaks into our lives. Our disruptions might not be on the scale of Mary being told she was about to become the mother of God's son, but we all know what it's like to be given some news that changes everything. We all know what it feels like to get the diagnosis or to lose the job or to be disappointed by a loved one. We all know the disruption caused by the passing of a close family member or friend or the end of a beloved tradition or the rise of some new social movement. We all know how difficult a reordering can be to navigate. But then there's Mary, a teenager, who takes this news, this life-altering news, and responds with hope and with praise. God has chosen to do something new in her and with her, And she believes, because of that, not only her life, but the world will never be the same. Eleven months into this coronavirus pandemic, I have lost count of how many times people have said to me, or I've said out loud, to be honest, gosh, I just can't wait till things get back to normal. I hear that all the time. And I understand (laughs) We are all tired and worn out and sick of this pandemic. And we're tired of the waves of consequences that keep crashing upon our shores. 
We are all tired of this, this, of this disruption that has altered so much. But there is no going back to normal. Things have changed permanently. Truths have been revealed about us and our society, our relationships that cannot be unlearned. Disparities have been brought to light that cannot be ignored. And we're never going to commune with each other in quite the same way. And as frustrating and as painful as this is for many of us, truth be told, there's a large swath of society, members of Mary's choir, who don't really want things to go back to the way they were. They want, they need a reordering of things. And their cries for change and for help and for transformation can be difficult to hear especially for those of us who benefited from the way things were. But I wonder, I wonder if we are willing, as Mary was, to choose curiosity instead of fear in response to all that is happening around us. I wonder if we change our perception just a little bit. I wonder if we might see the hand of God at work. To be clear, I am not saying God caused this pandemic and its subsequent crises. But I do believe in my heart of hearts that God never wastes a crisis. Because God knows there is no better time to do something new, something unexpected, than when the ground is already shifting beneath our feet. If God loves us, which I think God does, And if God longs for our sanctification, which I'm certain God does, if God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, then God's never going to miss an opportunity to send the Spirit into a disruption to reorder our lives. A few years ago, a woman who was watching a kindergarten Christmas pageant was moved to tears as the children sang out a song with the words from Isaiah chapter 35, words that I think echo the reordering promised in Mary's song of praise. The kids sang, You be the lion, strong and wild. I'll be the lamb, meek and mild. We'll live together happily, because that's how it ought to be. She wrote, As I watched that throng of kindergartners sing, Something immensely powerful washed over me. It was like a monsoon of hope and sadness. All these kids so certain the world ought to be this way. And me so certain of all the ways it isn't. It moved me to tears, really, a jumbled mix of bittersweet tears, Advent tears, for that long pause between what is and what should be what is and what we Jesus followers believe one day will be. Make no mistake about it, we live in a time in between, a time full of disruptions, when faithfulness might just be best expressed through a willingness to believe, believe in and participate in God's great reordering, a work that began thousands of years ago in a womb of an unwed teenage girl and a work that I believe continues today in each one of us. Mary has every reason to be angry 
confused, and scared. Everything she knew, gone in an instant. Her world is turned upside down. God's uninvited inbreaking alters the landscape of her life in ways that few of us can scarcely imagine. And yet Mary, young Mary, chooses to see this massive disruption as proof positive that God is active in her life despite her situation. And more importantly, she takes this experience of God's disruption to believe, to profess, to proclaim that God is active in the world. And isn't that what we all want to believe? That God is active? That God cares? That God is present? In our lives, to be sure, but also in our world? Working amidst all the craziness and brokenness and beauty and wonder, working in all of that disruption, to make all things, all people, all situations, all places new. If that is our collective wish, and you're here on Sunday morning during a pandemic, so I think it is, if that is our collective wish, that God is present and active, then Mary's song, sung by a young teenage girl from the bottom of society, Mary's song, is our song too. So let's sing with joy and with praise. Amen. Please join with me in listening to hymn 16 in the Presbyterian hymnal, The Angel Gabriel from Heaven Came. You are listening to the live broadcast of a worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church. You have just heard this morning's sermon entitled Reordering, which was delivered by Reverend Derek Starr Redwine, our interim pastor. Our second hymn is The Angel Gabriel from Heaven Came, which is number 16 in the Presbyterian hymn.
Please stand. Let us together profess our faith using the affirmation of faith as printed in our bulletin. I believe in the living God who is involved in the affairs of the world. I believe in a compassionate God who lifts up the meek and poor while humbling the powerful and rich. I believe in the incarnate word leaping in a woman's womb, cradled in poverty, speaking to us today. I believe in Jesus, true son of Mary, true son of God, who came among us in weakness, that we might come to know the profound strength available to all who turn to God and trust and with love. Please be seated. Trusting in God's presence with us even now, let us together offer our prayers. Let us pray. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come into our world with its cruelty and hatred, its division and distrust, its greed and its selfishness. Come with your gentleness to ease the pain of enmity. Come with your forgiveness to dispel dissension and restore harmony. Come with your humility to cure the error of pride and self-centeredness. Come with your peace to transform the world into your kingdom. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, come to those who act violently and quell their anger. Come to those who oppress the weak and establish kindness. Come to those who revel in their powerfulness and remind them of the power of love. O come, thou rod of Jesse, come to the lost and the least and the lonely, and let them know they are valued and loved by you. Come to those who struggle with a sense of self-worth and surround them with your love and peace. Come to the homeless, the forsaken, the poor in spirit and the disturbed in mind, bringing your peace. O come, thou key of David, come to your church and show it how to serve you as you wish to be served. 
Come to local congregations and enable them to reach out to people with hope and love. Come and make your gospel a living reality here in our time and in this place. O come now, day spring, come to the sick and suffering with the balm of your healing. Come to the guilty and grieving with the offer of your forgiveness and hope. Come to the distressed and dying with the promise of your peace. Come to all who are in need, for you are sufficient for every need. God of compassion and challenge, God of hope and new life, hear us now as we share with you in a moment of silence the personal and private prayers of our hearts for ourselves and for those known to us. Almighty and eternal God, reveal yourself to us in the confusion and uncertainty of our time, that we might come to profess, in word and in deed, the good news of your unending love. In your mercy, O God, hear this prayer and the prayer Jesus taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God is coming. God is coming to make all things new. And in response to this good news, we are open and generous giving out of our abundance so others can experience a foretaste of the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. Thank you for all the ways you give that usher in God's realm of love, mercy, joy, and peace.
Let us pray. God of love, receive these gifts we have offered today. Use them to do the work you have set about in this world. Help us know they're enough, because with you it's all enough. You are present, you are active, you are loving us still. Receive us and these gifts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Please join me in listening to hymn 12 in the Presbyterian hymnal, People Look East. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord, trusting that God is active in your lives and in the world. And as you lean into that truth, may the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you this day and every single day to come. Amen.
For the past hour, you have been listening to the worship service at Grace Covenant Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. Please join us again next Sunday through our radio ministry or in our sanctuary at 1627 Monument Avenue. I'd also like to remind you about the American Red Cross Blood Drive that will be held here at the church this Saturday, December 19th from 8.30 to 1.30. Your announcer today has been John Harris and the engineer was Steve Kemp. We'd also like to thank Scott Jacobeck for visiting us and lending us his audio engineer expertise. This service streams live and can be accessed through the Grace Covenant website, which is grace-covenant.org. We now return you to Christian Talk Radio on WLES, 590 on your AM dial and 97.7 on your FM dial.